0: Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Wednesday, March 8th. I'm Nyla Budu. Here's what we're covering today. The kidnapping of four Americans spotlights the daily threat of violence in Mexico. Plus, we want to hear how you use your local library. But first, home prices start to come down at last. That's today's One Big Thing. The cost of buying a house has been soaring for the past few years, but now it's finally starting to fall. According to the real estate company Redfin, in February, median home prices were lower than they were a year ago. And that's the first time we've seen a year-over-year decline since 2012. But that doesn't make things much easier for first-time buyers. Here to explain why is Axios' markets correspondent, Emily Peck. Hi, Emily. Hey, Nyla. Why are we seeing this drop in home prices now?
1: It's been a long time coming. Last year, mortgage rates started rising and rising and rising and rising. And that kind of put the real estate market in the U.S. into deep freeze. Because if you owned a house, you had a very low mortgage. You might have gotten it during the housing boom of the pandemic or a little bit before, but it was very low. You wouldn't want to sell your house and buy something and then have – a mortgage rate that was twice as high, right? You wouldn't want to go from a 2% mortgage to a 5% mortgage. So no one was really selling and no one was really wanting to buy because those mortgage rates psychologically freaked a lot of people out.
0: So what's going on with mortgage rates now and how is that factoring into lower prices?
1: There was a brief period late last year where it seemed like mortgage rates had kind of hit a ceiling and were creeping back down. So people were like, mentally adjusting to the new world, where all of a sudden a 5% 30-year mortgage sounded okay. You know, you get used to things, Nyla. So it seemed like people were starting to adjust. And, you know, some people have to sell their house. So there's going to be movement there. And when you go into this market, you have to lower your price a little bit. Otherwise, no one's going to want to buy your house. So it's a reality check or... Just coming to terms with things. People are coming to terms with reality in realty, if you will.
0: But some experts still say this is the least affordable market on record for first time
1: homebuyers. Oh, yeah. Nyla, before I clicked on the Zoom to talk to you, I opened up uh, a chart showing the median sales price of houses sold in the United States over the past, I don't know, decades and decades, right? By late 2022, the median home price was $467,000. Before the pandemic, say late 2019, the median home price was $327,000. So that's a big increase. And you can't see this chart, but it goes up and to the right. It's like a huge spike. So yes, home prices maybe are starting to tick down a little bit, but they are up so, 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 so much from where they were. And even on top of that, even though prices are coming down a little bit, those mortgage rates being twice as high as what they used to be mean that for first-time buyers, typical monthly mortgage payments now are at record highs. Is there any place where there's any relief for a first-time home buyer? New home buyers can sometimes get lower mortgage rates because home builders are basically offering these so-called mortgage buy-downs where people can get mortgage rates that are lower than typical. So that's where you're seeing a lot of action there.
0: Emily Peck is a co-author of Axios Markets. Thanks, Emily. Thank you. An update on the fallout from the Ohio train derailment last month. The National Transportation Safety Board announced yesterday an investigation into the safety culture of Norfolk Southern Railway, the company responsible for the East Palestine derailment. Norfolk Southern has had five major accidents since December 2021, three of which resulted in the deaths of Norfolk Southern employees, according to the NTSB. Just hours before yesterday's announcement, a Norfolk Southern employee died in an accident in Cleveland. In a moment, violence in Mexico on the rise. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm Nyla Budu. Four Americans in Matamoros, Mexico, just south of the Texas border, were kidnapped Friday. Yesterday, Mexican authorities announced two of the Americans were found dead. The other survived. There was also a Mexican woman killed during Friday's kidnapping. One of the four U.S. travelers was headed across the border for cosmetic surgery. It's unusual for Americans to be killed in Mexico this way. But for many Mexicans, the threat of deadly violence is a reality of daily life. More than 26,000 people were murdered just last year in Mexico, and organized crime has skyrocketed. Marina Franco is a reporter for Noticias Telemundo and the Axios Latino newsletter, based in Mexico City. Marina, what do we know about what happened in this kidnapping?
2: So far, the working theory from authorities that they presented Tuesday during a press conference is that these four people were probably traveling in a vehicle that was mistaken by the criminal group Gulf Cartel as belonging to a rival organization and that they were kidnapped in a case of probably mistaken identity, which is actually quite a frequent issue for a lot of Mexicans. And while the case involving these four U.S. citizens is unusual, it is not the first time, especially in the state of Tamaulipas, where U.S. citizens have been affected Several dual nationals have been uh, victimized by criminal groups there in the past four years, especially. Last week before the kidnapping of the four U.S. citizens, five young men were killed, one of whom, according to his dad, was a U.S. citizen. There is another case involving a man called Jorge Dominguez in 2018, uh, whose whereabouts are still
0: unknown. So how often does violence between drug cartels affect Mexicans?
2: Sadly, it is extremely commonplace both for Mexicans and also for a lot of Central American migrants. Tamaulipas State is actually top 10 in kidnapping rates nationally in Mexico, and that means hundreds and thousands of Mexicans and also Central Americans are usually taken by criminal groups either in a case of mistaken identity, but also sometimes kidnapped to be forced into working in sort of low-level jobs, quote-unquote, for these criminal organizations. That actually did happen a decade ago in Tamaulipas itself. Over 70 Central American migrants were kidnapped from a bus and given the choice of either working for a criminal group or being killed and 70 people were killed.
0: Is anyone tracking kidnapping or murder rates when they are migrants from outside Mexico that are passing through?
2: Yes. And there have been other cases, for example, in 2021, where another truck with 19 Guatemalans were also taken, and then the entire truck was incinerated with them inside it. And this is because among the places that criminal organizations operating in Mexico fight for, Tamaulipas is top of the list because there are a lot of land roads. Also, it's a port area. There can be a lot of general contraband. It's a long land border. So these groups sort of have a lot of leeway of where they can go in and smuggle in the drugs for the U.S. buyers and where they can buy guns and bring them back to Mexico And then also migrant-smoking
0: routes. Marina Franco is a reporter for Axios Latino. Thank you for being with us. Thank you so much. It's been just about three years since COVID-19 first took hold in the U.S. And as American life was turned upside down, libraries became one of the countless institutions that had to rethink their role in daily life and what they could provide their community. Some of those pandemic adaptations have stuck around, like curbside service at many American libraries and more direct involvement in community health issues from COVID to the opioid crisis. Coming up soon on the podcast, we'll look at one library in San Jose, California, that's taken a frontline role in getting broadband access to community members that need it most. And we'd love to hear from you. What role does your local library play in your life? And has that changed over the past couple of years? If you can record a brief voice memo with your thoughts, along with your name and city, and text it to me at 202-918-4893, and we may use it on the show. And that's it for us today. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.